public scripture reading, Psalm 41. And reminding ourselves, Psalm 41 is a psalm that exalts in God for his mercy. Opening and closing the psalm with a benediction, David doesn't simply recall the fact that God is merciful, but specifies in what ways God visited his servant in great providential kindness. In verses 11 and 12, we see the assurance David obtains. The assurance David obtains. And this assurance shows up in two different ways. First, David is given assurance because of what would not happen to him. He's given assurance because of what would not happen to him. In verse 11, David says with confidence that his enemy will not shout in triumph over him. But what would give David this kind of confident assurance? He says it is because he knows the Lord delights in him. Since God delights in David because David belongs to the Lord, then David is assured that his enemies will not succeed in having their way with David. And beloved, every child of God has this same kind of assurance. Take, for instance, a passage of scripture that we know very well, Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 28, and then reading onward, listen to what the Apostle Paul writes, words of such tremendous assurance to every child of God. And we know... They're your words of assurance. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined he also called and those whom he called he also justified and those whom he justified he also glorified what then shall we say to these things if God is for us who can be against us that's a rhetorical question the answer is no one no one no one can truly be against you in such a way, keeping this in context, to overturn, to overthrow what God has done for you in Christ in saving you and keeping you saved. That's the context. So no enemy that may rise up against you will ever succeed in what they truly want to do to you. They'll never succeed. They'll never be able to carry out their 
full and complete will against you because God is for you. God is for you. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written? For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But does it stop there? Does it end there? No. No, 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 no. Look at what Paul, look at what Paul goes on to say. Verse 37, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so back in Psalm 41 in verse 11, when we read David say, By this I know that you delight in me, my enemy will not shout in triumph over me. That is shorthand for what I just read out of Romans 8. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, no one, no one shall be against us. My enemy will not shout, will not crow over, rendering more from the Hebrew, crow over in triumph over me. Aha, aha, look at what I succeeded in doing. I have completely destroyed you. No, no, you never will. You never will. Not the child of God because he or she is God's child. So that is the first great assurance that David has. An assurance, as I said, of what would not happen to him. What would not happen to him. What about the second assurance that David gives us, though? The assurance here is twofold. Secondly, David is given assurance that God will never let him go. God will never let him go. Now, look at how this reads in the English, verse 12. But you have upheld me because of my integrity and set me in your presence forever. We're going to have to think about this. While on the surface, verse 12 may sound like that David's integrity is the reason for his security. It really does sound like that when you read this in the English. Yet, it is just the opposite. 
In fact, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but the King James Version gets it right. <sighs> Took a lot of grace for me to say that. The KJV reads it this way. As for me, thou upholdest me in my integrity. In my integrity. Not because of in, in, in my integrity. So, David's assurance in verse 12 is this. Okay? It's this. Listen. The reason... The reason the overall direction of my life is faithfulness to God, despite my sins, sickness, and enemies, it is because the Lord upholds me and sustains me forever. The reason you, dear Christian, will persevere in faithfulness, the reason you will remain faithful despite your many, many, many sins, despite all your trials and troubles, despite all the things that you will encounter on this side of glory in your earthly sojourn, in your pilgrimage to the celestial city, what John Bunyan calls heaven, the reason you will persevere is because God is preserving you. God is the one sustaining you. And so, so viewing David's life from 30,000 feet, which is how we've got to understand when he says, my integrity. <laughs> Because someone may say, but now wait a minute. He confessed up in verse 4, I have sinned against you. This is from 30,000 feet. What, what, we see, what we see in David's life as a man after God's own heart from 30,000 feet is just that. We see a man after God's own heart. But how can that be? How did he persevere? How did he remain true and faithful to the Lord to the very end? Only because of what he says. You have upheld me. You have upheld me. You set me in your presence forever. You have sustained me. You have preserved me. This that David is confessing is what Jesus Christ, our gracious Lord, promises us in John chapter 10. I want you to turn there. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, listen to these words of our Lord Jesus. What incredible promise. What astounding, what astounding words of promise. Verse 27 of John chapter 10, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they Follow me. 
Just pause there for a moment. They follow me. It's not they might follow me. It's not that I hope that they do follow me. It is with absolute, total certainty they will follow me. If you are, if you are Christ's sheep, if you belong to him, oh, you will follow him. You will follow him. Uh, perfectly? No. Without sin? No. No. You're going to stumble along the way. In fact, you may even... You may even take a trip away for a bit. Stray. But, what does Jesus promise? If you're his sheep, you'll hear his voice and you will follow him. Even for those sheep that go out of the pen, they will come back. They will come back because they're his sheep. We only hear the voice of the master. So Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And then look at this, verse 28, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. That's a double negative in the Greek. They will never, never perish. It's emphatic. Underlined, circled, highlighted. They will never perish. Well, why is that? Is it because of their integrity? Is it because of their faithfulness? Is that why? Well, Jesus is not an Arminian. So what does our Lord say? He says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are anu, one, one in essence, one of substance. What Jesus promises in John 10 is where David's hope rested in Psalm 41 and verse 12. But you, Lord, up, you have upheld me. You set me in your presence. For how long? Forever. 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 Every child of God has this assurance. God will never let them go. Now, maybe you woke up this morning not exactly feeling that assurance. Assurance is not essential to saving faith. It's not the essence of saving faith. So despite your feelings, dear Christian, despite your feelings, the Lord will uphold you, and he will sustain you, and he will keep you, and he will never let you go. My dear grandmother, not long before she passed, she was a very, very strong, very devout Christian. 
In fact, she was the very first bona fide Christian witness that I had in my life. She, she sowed the first seeds of the gospel in me. And not long, in fact, it was only a few weeks before she went home to be with the Lord. I was with her in the hospital. And she said to me, all I keep holding on to, Kurt, is God's promise where he says in his word, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And she was dying. And she was dying fast. She was diagnosed with a cancer that cut her down only three months after the diagnosis. But yet, there she was, full of hope, full of confidence, full of certainty, there in the end. The Lord will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. She wasn't looking at herself. She wasn't depending on what she had done. It wasn't because of her integrity, her faithfulness. No, she knew it is the Lord who upholds me. It is the Lord who sustains me. It is the Lord who has set me before him. And that is the certainty and the assurance that every one of you, dear Christian, all of you have in Christ. And as I said, you may not feel that today, so what? Aren't you glad that your faith is not built on your feelings? You can't trust your feelings. No, your faith is built on the sure word of God. You trust the Lord. You trust what he has said, what he has promised. No matter what your feelings may be telling you today, tell your feelings to shut up. Okay? Get out. Or as my son Sean says, shut the door. <laughs> Out of here. Away with your feelings. Your faith is built on the sure word of God. Let's pray. Our holy, eternal, gracious Father. We are so thankful, Lord, this morning that, that the perseverance of our faith is not relying, Lord, on ourselves. It is not dependent on what we do or don't do. If we make it to the end, if we enter your kingdom forever, Father, we thank you for reminding us this morning that it is all because of you. We will persevere because you preserve us to persevere. You do indeed hold us and keep us and guard us and protect us despite how often, how much we do indeed stumble, how often we fall, how often we even go astray for a time, a season, 
And yet, Lord, as you have told us, as you have reminded us this morning from your word, as your sheep, we will hear your voice and we will follow you. There will always be a return for the true saint, the true child of God. Because it is you, Lord, you are the one who has called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. You are the one who has saved us and rescued us. You are the one who has set us before you for all eternity. And so therefore, we thank you, Father, that despite how we may feel, even today, that is not the basis, that is not the grounds for whether or not, Lord, we will continue with you. And so our cares, our fears, our anxieties, and indeed, Lord, all such feelings of doubt we may have, as your people we cast on you even now, and we trust you, Lord, for the strength and the increase of our faith in you. Our eyes fixed upon you, Lord, walking by faith and not by sight, nor even by feelings. But trusting in your sure, infallible, and inerrant word, your eternal word, where you promise us again and again that if you are for us, who can truly be against us? And how we thank you, blessed Father, that the answer to such a question is that no one, no one will be able to succeed in opposition to us because you are keeping your people forever. We thank you for such sweet overtures of assurance for the sake of Christ and in his name we pray. Amen and amen.